Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's August 21st. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, new details on possible corruption in the White House this morning. Joe Biden used at least three aliases when he was a vice president, using them on official matters related to Ukraine and involving his son, Hunter. That leads the news this morning. Second, Hurricane Hillary and its remnants are smacking the West Coast at this hour. We'll talk about some good news, though, all related to that rain. Third, a stark warning for the United States and our armed forces. America's military superiority is gone. I've got that sobering assessment coming up, plus what it means for you and the country moving forward. Later, we close out the podcast with a listener question. This one's about China, Russia, and the moon plus some spies thrown in for good measure. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. Joe Biden is facing more accusations of likely corruption this morning with revelations that he used at least three aliases while he was vice president, using them to discuss official U.S. policy on things like Ukraine. Well, according to reports from the New York Post and others, he used those aliases to share information and coordinate details about U.S. policy with his son, Hunter Biden. And that, of course, is especially alarming because at the time, Hunter was on the board of the Ukrainian energy firm Burisma Holdings, hired because of his connections to his father. But let's actually refresh our memories on all of that. Right, Hunter joined Burisma's board back in 2014 when his father was, in fact, vice president. And Hunter was hired, according to a former business partner, to, quote, call his dad when Burisma executives needed to get some, quote, D.C. help, end quote. In other words, Hunter sold access to his father to change U.S. policies or leverage his public office, all, of course, to the benefit of paid clients. That, of course, is based on material from Hunter Biden's laptop discovered several years ago, plus the sworn testimony from Hunter Biden's business partners as well. Although I should probably say here something that often gets, well, forgotten. It's not just Hunter's business partners that are confirming this or things on his laptop. Rather, his uncle, James, which is Joe Biden's brother, he has confirmed this as well. Back in 2006, he told employees at an investment boutique that, quote, don't worry about finding new investors. We've got people all around the world who want to invest in Joe Biden, end quote. And that certainly matches reporting that we got back in July. As listeners will recall from various right reports, congressional investigators released FBI notes from a long-established, well-regarded informant who said that Burisma executives told him that they paid the Bidens $5 million actually to Hunter and then another $5 million to Joe Biden as well to take care of, as they said, Burisma's legal troubles. 
Plus, the FBI source relayed that it would take 10 years or more for any investigators to ever find the origin of the $5 million payments. And it is that background, ladies and gentlemen, that takes us to the Friday's reports. Congressional investigators announced on Friday that Joe Biden used at least three aliases during his time as vice president, including that era of when Hunter was doing business deals abroad. The aliases include these names, Robert Peters, Robin Ware, and J.R.B. Ware. Well, critically, investigators said that Joe Biden sent at least 10 emails using these aliases to his son, Hunter, with content that included Ukraine or U.S. government policies about Ukraine. And there is one email, ladies and gentlemen, amongst the 10 that you should definitely pay uh, close attention to. He sent one on May of 2016 in which Biden's schedule for the day was sent to Hunter. And on that schedule was a call with Ukraine's then president, Mr. Petro Poroshenko. And recall again that Hunter was only hired by the folks at Burisma because of the relationship he had with his father. So Joe Biden was, in fact, coordinating his meetings regarding Ukraine with his son, Hunter, who at the time was on the board of Ukraine's Burisma Holdings. And that is why congressional investigators demanded on Friday that the National Archives turn over all known records that they have stored on uh, their various archives that use or reference these three aliases. This news is remarkable in one other regard. Joe Biden still insists to this day that he has never spoken to his son Hunter about his foreign business deals. And yet there is now an indisputable amount of evidence, both direct and circumstantial, that show that Biden Sr.'s pledge of ignorance is just not true. So those are the facts and data this morning on the ongoing investigation into possible corruption at the Biden White House. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. And we'll actually start with what you think. So about two weeks ago, Rasmussen Reports conducted a poll asking Americans about Biden family corruption, namely whether they believe it's real, and if so, how serious the issue is. Well, the results were pretty darn clear. 61% of Americans think that the issue is serious, that it is real. Even 36% of Democrats agreed. Meanwhile, 60% of you all believe that Joe Biden is part of an illegal cover-up to hide his involvement with his son, Hunter. Again, 36% of Democrats agree with this as well. Finally, the polls showed that these same percentages also believe that Joe Biden is like Richard Nixon having weaponized the federal government to benefit his family and to deny Congress the ability to have proper oversight. In other words, folks, strong majorities of you all believe that we have a corrupt man in the White House who has turned our government into some sort of mafia-like enterprise to protect the family. Well, for what it's worth, I agree with you and the vast majority of Americans, as it appears, on a growing bipartisan basis. And I agree with you all in part because I have seen this before when I worked at the CIA. What I saw over and over again with corrupt families abroad and these despotic regimes, well, it was this same pattern. And here's how it works. So you've got the family, the Bidens in this case, and they have a bagman, Hunter in this case, who offers up access to the big guy who has the power or the control, which would be Joe in this case. And the big guy, as I saw abroad, he knows about every one of the bag man's deals and every client. But 
the big guy rarely involves himself in the weeds of the thing, right? Instead, rather, he just, uh, well, he just sort of shows up, whether it be in phone calls or a golf course or a fancy dinner. And he says nice things about the bag man in front of the prospective clients, you know, saying things like, smartest guy I know. And with that, the signal is very clear to these prospective clients. If you want access to the big guy, right, Joe Biden in this case, well, you can get it, but you got to go through the bag man and he's going to deal with all the details and collect the cash. Now, what I have seen abroad is that payment to the big guy, it's done very carefully to give him plausible deniability, such as using shell companies, which we have seen in the case of Joan Hunter Biden. And what I have also seen is that if anybody gets a whiff of that this is going on, either the bag man takes the fall or the big guy kills or muzzles whoever the inquiring mind might be. And again, I tell you, I, I've seen this abroad repeatedly. I just never thought that it would happen here with the man sitting in our Oval Office. And yet here we are with strong majorities on a bipartisan basis who believe that there is, well, undeniable corruption in the White House. But what is incredible about this to me is that our big guy, actually, he doesn't need to bury or muzzle this story. He's got his own political party that is excusing it. He's got a corporate press that is ignoring it. And he's got a Department of Justice that's burying it. In fact, there was some pretty shocking reporting that came out over the weekend by Politico and the New York Times that shows that Biden DOJ officials were more than happy to give Hunter Biden that sweetheart deal for his crimes and total immunity for any illegality that Hunter committed while he was doing these foreign business deals. So here's the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen. Here's my key takeaway for you. We have a problem in the White House. It's obvious. And that means we have a lot of work to do to clean up this country. But I think we, we can and we will because we have to. And that's because this is the only country we've got, right? I don't have a secret foreign passport anymore. And I suspect that neither do you. So yes, we got to work hard. And that is because America is worth saving for you, for me. And you know what? For all the, the kids out there who need us, the responsible adults to keep fighting for them, to give them the country that they deserve. And that is exactly what I plan to do, and I suspect that is what you want to do as well. With that, we turn to our second report of the morning. Hurricane Hillary, my goodness, smacking Mexico yesterday, then weakened into a tropical storm, then smacked the United States for good measure, especially the states of California and into Nevada. Now, there will be a modest amount of damage from this storm, more severe in some places than others, but there is a pretty important silver lining, folks, and it has to do with, well, your grocery bill and ultimately your pocketbook. But first, let's remind ourselves of why we should care about this region of the United States, no matter where in the world you might be this morning. So according to the California Department of Agriculture, more than 400 food commodities are grown or raised in that state. With over a third of the country's vegetables and three quarters of the country's fruits and nuts grown in the Sunshine State. But as I have briefed you all on before, California and other western states like Nevada, Arizona, Utah, they have been in a years-long drought that has affected both the quantity and the quality of all of those crops and, of course, the millions of people who live there. In fact, to refresh our memories, 
The drought is so bad in the Southwest that it matches the last drought that we saw in the year 800 AD. Not 1800, 800. That is based on tree ring analysis that was reported last year. Well, since last year, we had a tremendous winter with record-breaking snowpacks in the Sierras and the Rockies. And then, thankfully, we had a relatively cool spring and cool start to the summer out west. And that helped keep that snowpack up in the high country for longer and avoid the feared massive flooding. Instead, the snow and the runoff have slowly trickled into the lower country, filling with lakes and reservoirs. So that is the first bit of good news. Second, this tropical storm is packing another pretty serious wet punch. About a year's worth of rain actually is expected for the region, although how much of that gets to places like Lake Mead, we shall see. And I flag Lake Mead, folks, because that lake should be producing enough electricity for millions of residents out west, plus a whole bunch of the water that places like Las Vegas needs. But because of the drought, that region has a little been, uh, well, a little bit short on both electricity and water. So with this tropical storm, we should see that electricity production and water availability pop up a little bit higher. So as great as all of that is, and it is, I've got even more good news. So the weather pattern El Nino, that is predicted to bring another very wet winter this year. And if so, then it's going to fill up the Sierras and those western reservoirs even more. Now, as always, no promises. Nature is a fickle thing. But all in all, some good news and hope for better things to come, especially with Lakes Mead and Powell. They are in much better shape this morning than they were even one year ago. And that is something to celebrate. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at therightreport.substack.com, no ads for you this morning. Plus, of course, you get those great transcripts of the morning's report with all those awesome hyperlinks to the sources for all the facts and data that I've presented. Meanwhile, for my remaining listeners, please do enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners, remembering, as always, that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or a service, then I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs, shall we, with, well, some sobering news. It's a new assessment coming to us from a U.S. government think tank that says America's military superiority, it is gone. It's a very critical finding that came just days before the White House met with leaders of South Korea and Japan, where they all discussed the China threat and how collectively we ought to fight back. So here are the details from this report and why we should care. Let's start with a little bit of background. Since the end of World War II, America has been, as we all know, the dominant world power. And we were able to achieve that supremacy through things like our military, our economy, and our diplomacy. But I'll tell you, it was our military that was the game changer, really. We had a bigger, better, more effective war fighting machine, outpacing virtually all rivals by a country mile. Unfortunately, though, that started to change in the 1980s and 90s. According to the analysts at the RAND Corporation who put this report together, the private sector started producing technological breakthroughs that previously only the U.S. government could fund or find. And when that started to happen, when the private sector could do more than Uncle Sam, well, that started to spread out or democratize the power to win big battles with small militaries. Let me give you a couple examples of what I mean. Consider drone technology. 
All right, it's relatively cheap, quite effective. We saw that in our war on terror against the radical Islamists, and we are seeing it play out in Ukraine as well. In other words, in this case, you don't necessarily need a multi-billion dollar air force to hold your own in a fight. The same is true with cyber attacks. North Korea, for instance, has some of the best cyber teams in the world. In fact, I've, I got a great report on that in the transcripts for my paid subscribers. Definitely check that out. But the point is this, even though North Korea has some of the best cyber teams in the world, they are still one of the poorest nations on the planet. In other words, Pyongyang is punching way above its weight. Or if I might use another analogy, it's a David versus Goliath situation and his sling of drones and cyber attacks, well, pretty deadly as it turns out. Well, that new reality led the analysts at Rand Corporation to say this, folks, and it's very important. Quote, the U.S. defense strategy has been predicated on U.S. military forces that were superior in all domains to any adversary, but that superiority is gone. The United States and its allies no longer have a virtual monopoly on the technologies and capabilities that made them so dominant against adversarial forces since the Cold War. And as such, it has become increasingly clear that the U.S. defense strategy and posture are insolvent, end quote. So that is the bad news, folks, and boy, it is bad news. We are spending billions of dollars on our military, but those dollars don't have the same bang for the buck that they used to. Well, that is the bad news. All right, well, here's the good news. The United States can still defend its positions. The analysts at Rand Corporation argued that while offensive wars might be increasingly hard to execute, well, digging in and defending territory, that will continue to be easier, especially and most critically with allies. And that includes those South Koreans and Japanese who were at Camp David late last week. But to ensure that we can hold the line, the folks at Rand, well, they said that NATO partners, they have to step up their military spending to be good allies, which right now they are not. In fact, just three days ago, Germany backtracked on its pledges to increase its NATO spending. And that's pretty shocking, actually. They made all sorts of commitments just after Russia invaded Ukraine, and now backtracking. But to be clear, Germany is not alone. Listen to this. Only seven of the 31 NATO countries are currently meeting their military obligations. And that's because, like Germany, they believe that America and its taxpayers, you and I, we will defend them if necessary. So their logic and argument goes, why would they use their taxpayer dollars to invest in their own militaries when, well, America will save them? For what it's worth, that argument is not new. In fact, it has led to some pretty big political fights over the years. Uh, for one, as just one example, then-President Donald Trump declared in July of 2020 that he was going to sanction or tariff Germany and other European NATO partners because, quote, we don't want to be suckers anymore. We are reducing our NATO force in Germany because they are not paying their bills. It's very simple, end quote. The bottom line then from this report, folks, is this. America cannot fight alone anymore. We have lost the technological edge. And that means for now, we live in an era of defense and not offense. And to be successful in that new era, you, know, you got to have friends to dig in with you and hold the line. So those are the facts and data out of this latest and most important assessment from the RAND Corporation about the U.S. military and the future of America's place in the world. 
Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion, talking about why this is so important to you and your families. First, if we can be candid with each other, we live in very sobering times, don't we? If not depressing. Most of us were born during or after World War II when the U.S. became the superpower of the globe. You know, we've been king of the hill until now. And that is fairly hard to adjust to in some respects, but it is very important. Because if we ignore the reality, then we are going to get ourselves involved in some nasty conflicts that drain us of troops and treasure. Second, I'll tell you folks, as we reflect about this ability to adjust, we should remember this. We've been here before. We weren't always the the global superpower. As most of us will recall from our high school history classes, after we defeated the British, we were still a junior nation on the world stage. European navies were much stronger. Plus, my history buffs will probably tell us about the War of 1812 when the Brits came back and set fire to the White House and the Capitol, the Supreme Court, and the Navy Yard. And it was only until the Civil War, where we created the ironclads, did the U.S. start to gain global supremacy and start throwing its weight around, especially in Latin America. Well, what this report tells us is that, in some ways, we are heading back to those very early days of American history. So the question is whether we realize this sort of new but old position where we have to dial back our throwing of weight around the globe. Again, if we don't, in other words, if our leaders in the Pentagon and the White House think that nothing has changed and just ignore this latest RAND assessment, then our hubris is going to lead us into disaster. And that means a profound loss of troops and treasure alike. So I'll tell you, as I reflected on this really, really sobering assessment, I saw two benefits of this moment in history. First, it gives us an opportunity to rein in the massive amount of military spending that we have and also address the the national debt and deficit. Second, it gives us the chance to focus on more narrow military goals, like, first and foremost, kicking the Chinese government and its operatives out of the Americas. Second, securing the southern border, and third, destroying Mexican cartels and Central American gangs. But my views aside, here's the bottom line. It is a new day in American history, my friends. So we need to elect people both in the White House and Congress, and frankly, make sure that we promote people in the Pentagon who realize that. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, and we will be right back. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. 
Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It is a listener question sent to us from one of my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. Robert from Toledo, Ohio wrote in about some news he saw over the weekend. If I could paraphrase Robert's question, he said, look, Brian, it seems like everybody is trying to get to the moon right now, and NASA seems to be behind the eight ball. What are your sources saying? Is this bad? And by the way, did the CIA fake the moon landing back in the 1960s? Well, Robert, I don't know anything about the CIA helping the, uh, the moon landing stuff, but I do know that spies are trying to mess with the next moon landing. Let's talk about that. So we actually started talking about this issue all the way back in April, on April 11th, actually. To refresh our memories, there is absolutely a rush to get back to the moon. China, Russia, India, the United States, all trying to land and frankly colonize the moon, especially the poles and especially the South Pole. And the reason for that is because the poles are likely filled with all sorts of minerals and resources, most critically, water, which of course humans need, but also rockets too, right? The hydrogen and the oxygen can be separated for rocket fuel for onward travel to Mars. There's also something called helium-3 that is very rare on Earth, but plentiful on the moon. And that can be used in fusion reactors, which is very important for energy supplies once we master that technology. So that's the background. And Robert is talking about a bunch of news lately that nations are pushing hard to get there first, to, to set up the moon bases and colonize the place. So, for instance, the Russians, they were trying to get there, but their space vessel actually crashed onto the moon's surface over the weekend. Plus, there was a report out on Saturday that said that both the Russians and the Chinese are using their spy services to try to steal technology and data from U.S. space companies like Blue Origin and SpaceX. Although, no big surprise there, especially by the Chinese. Beijing and its hackers and spies steal upwards of $600 billion each year of value from the U.S. economy. But I'll tell you, Robert, it is very important. Right, NASA's administrator has said, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, that this is, in fact, a new space race. And it's a lot like the other one from the 1960s with the Soviets. But this time, amongst all the competitors, it's really with China. And if they get to the moon before we do, well, there's nothing to prevent them from saying the moon is theirs. That's how colonizing works. And that is what NASA's leadership fears will happen if we let Beijing get there first. So the good news is that as of right now, the United States is about five years or so ahead of the Chinese getting back to the moon and starting their mining process at the poles. In fact, we've got some pretty cool mining research underway. The Europeans and Canadians do too. So Robert, yes, it is a race to the moon and we got to get there first. If we don't, it's not just that China wins. It's that ultimately their evil system of government wins. And that is not good for any of us. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we end today's edition of The Right Report. If you would like one of your questions to be asked and answered on the podcast, super easy to do. Just go to rightreport.substack.com. You sign up, choose the subscription option that is best for you and your budget, and then shoot me a question. As ever, when you subscribe for just $6 a month, you will also enjoy a daily ad-free podcast and get that daily transcript delivered right to your email every single morning. As ever, I appreciate you considering.
And as always, my friends, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.